The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's going on, guys? My Take Radio, episode 387, powered by RageWorks, broadcasting live Thursday, January 12th, 2017. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number to participate in tonight's show is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. On Wednesday nights, we cover MMA and wrestling. Thursdays, we switch gears and jump into gaming, entertainment, and a little bit of tech for good measure. There's a couple of ways you can enjoy tonight's show. Of course, the best way is heading over to mtrlive.com, where we have an audio and video feed for tonight's broadcast. Excuse me. In addition to that, we are simulcasting on a couple of different services, including Restream, StreamUp, Vaughn Live, YouTube, and as of last night, we are also doing Facebook Live. I didn't expect that we would have as much of a turnout as we did, and I want to apologize to everyone who was watching on Facebook Live as I did not have the chat window open. Nonetheless, um, this time I, we are probably streaming to Facebook Live. Slick, if you get a chance, can you just go on the fan page and let me know if there's any comments I should be reacting to over there? just because I don't want to have it open here because I don't know if it auto-plays. I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, in addition to that, of course, we will also be doing an audio-only feed on Mixler, which you can listen to on the site, but also if you have the Mixler app, you can download that for iOS, Android, or Android and punch in My Take Radio, and you can listen to the live broadcast in high-quality stereo sound. In addition to that, our colleagues at Black is the New Black also do a live show via Mixler, and you can add them to the app as well and listen to their shows when they go live. Best of all, if you are on Mixler following My Take Radio, whenever we do a live broadcast, you will receive a notification. So definitely a couple of different ways to enjoy tonight's broadcast. If you're not able to tune in tonight, as always, this show is available in podcast format on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The video, of course, will be on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash official RageWorks, and will also be on our Facebook fan page as we saw last night. All right, a couple of things before we get the ball rolling for tonight's broadcast. 
Uh, this will be the final live gaming and entertainment edition of My Take Radio for the foreseeable future. We made an announcement uh, before we closed out 2016. We did last night's final MMA and wrestling show. And this evening we will be doing the final gaming and entertainment edition of MTR in the live format. The show will continue to be released in podcast format uh, with the same schedule. Wednesdays, MMA and wrestling. Thursdays, gaming and entertainment for the foreseeable future just to allow us to focus on some of the other stuff because there's a lot that goes into a live broadcast. But we will not be gone for too long as episode 400 of My Take Radio is around the corner and we will definitely be doing a live show for that momentous occasion. So there is that. Also, as I mentioned during last night's show, we've been dealing with uh, a ton of hosting issues. (coughs) Excuse me. As we closed out 2016, We took the time off that we weren't doing live shows to move to a new web host. Obviously, as we continue to grow, our needs continue to grow with that. And our current, the web host we were using at the time wasn't able to allocate all the media that we use on the site, all the images and stuff like that. So we moved to a new web host and it was just, uh, it's been uh, a rough uh, 30, 33 days since uh, we moved over, uh, coupled with, some issues that were out of our control, including uh, bad weather, outages, et cetera, et cetera. But as of earlier today, we actually moved uh, RageWorks.net to a uh, managed server, and it's resulted in some, you know, just amazing performance. The site is loading fast. Everything is moving according to schedule. And I was concerned that we wouldn't even have the site up and running for tonight's show, but the outage while the migration went on was minor and we were back up and running by roughly one o'clock eastern standard time before we uh moved on and started doing some posts throughout the day myself and slick have been putting some stuff out obviously now that the site is up and running you're going to be seeing more content from us uh especially on the written side of things if you are following us on youtube you know that we're doing unboxing videos product reviews uh we even got some toys we're going to start doing some toy unboxings and reviews i know a lot of people have been reaching out about my collection of pops and how I've started unboxing some of those and putting them in cases. People were saying that, you know, maybe that would be some great content for fellow pop collectors. I'm curious if anybody even gives a shit about that kind of stuff. So if you are a pop collector and are interested in, you know, small, maybe five minute unboxings just to see uh, the pop figures before I banish them into a collector case, Let me know. I mean, it might be fun to do a little bit of that content on YouTube. So drop me a line if that's something you're interested in, either via the site or via the comments for this show. All right. So, of course, lots on deck this evening. We're going to be talking about the Switch. We're going to be talking about the gaming news of the week. We got some console MPD numbers, which I'm sure Slick will be joining me to break down. And um, just a a breakdown of, you know, the, the 2016 holiday season. Uh, how that fared, uh, you know, on the gaming front. And of course, going into 2017, what we can look forward to on the entertainment side of things. We got some movie news that we want to get into a couple of DC things I want to discuss. There might even be some Marvel stuff in there. And as always, we will take your calls 347-324-3541. Again, that call a number 347-324-3541. All right. Let's jump right into it and talk some games, shall we? All right, so 
definitely a, a crazy few days on on the gaming front. Obviously, all eyes were on Nintendo and their Switch unveiling, which I will get into in a moment. Um, the 2016 holiday season was very interesting uh, for consoles and for gamers because there was just a, a plethora of things to choose from. You had obviously a PS4 Pro, you had the Xbox One S, you had the regular Xbox One, the regular PS4, which is now available in a slim variety. In addition to that, obviously, you had the DS, and you even had the Nintendo Classic Console, which pretty much became a very, very highly sought-after item during the holiday season. Um, as you guys may remember, before we wrap things up, I was trying to find one for my sister, who is a huge Nintendo fan, and I was concerned that I was not going to be able to acquire one. Definitely want to give a shout-out to my boy Jonathan, who came through in the clutch and was able to procure an NES Classic for, for me to give to my sister on Christmas morning. And um, I got to say, it's very crazy how small that console really is. Like, when I unboxed it, and I, and I almost contemplated recording a quick unboxing before I gave it to her, I'm like, let me not do that. But <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was insane how, how small it was, and, you know, the fact that there were 30 games on it, obviously that has changed now that people are finding ways to mod it and add additional games to the system. But for 60 bucks and a trip down memory lane, my sister was beyond excited. I mean, you know, I, you know, I've talked about her, her condition at length and, you know, she focuses on two things, Aladdin and video games. That's it. And of course, um, playing the piano, which she taught herself, which is amazing. But anyway, um, when she unwrapped it, you know, her eyes lit up. She was like, Oh, Nintendo, and I plugged it in, and mind you, we had also bought her the Yoshi game for the Wii U, which actually came with a little plush Yoshi, and she gave two fucks about that as soon as she saw the Nintendo, and as soon as I plugged it in, jumped right into Super Mario 2, and that's pretty much all she does, play Super Mario 2, and I believe Punch-Out, and that's that's about it, and you know, at the end of the day, that's what the holidays is all about, you know, just seeing that that happy reaction on on a loved one's face, and you know, my sister... Uh, given her condition, she she appreciates everything, no matter how small. And I was, you know, I was genuinely excited to buy that for her. I even went as far as saying to myself, you know, I might pick one up just for nostalgia's sake. Um, like I said, it's pretty cool. It definitely is a pain in the ass with the short with the short uh, controller wire. Uh, there's obviously third party solutions that have presented themselves, including wire extenders, Bluetooth controllers, etc. But Nintendo definitely had a strong, strong holiday season with the NES Classic, which, of course, was the name of the game. And the reseller market definitely fared pretty fucking well, too, man. I know I, as as I watched eBay during the holiday season, as I was obviously selling different things that I owned, um, part of it because I'm taking the, the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, 2017 challenge, which is, you know, selling as much stuff as possible and raising $20,017 um for 2017 so um you know aside from that i've been doing that for a long time it's one of the ways that we we you know i fund rageworks but aside from that you know as i watched ebay and i just saw the prices just climb and climb and climb and climb as it got closer to christmas day it was just insane um you know the thing about that going now into 2017 is that Nintendo had a bona fide hit on their hands, and a lot of people were wondering if they were going to start releasing different bundles of NES classics with different games, and 
you know, I don't think that's going to be the case only because, you know, how many of those do you actually need? But I would not be shocked. And this is, you know, this is just me speculating. I would not be shocked if Nintendo decided to do another version down the road with maybe 50 to 100 titles. I mean, flash storage is incredibly cheap. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did something like that for either their full catalog or maybe just a first party bundle with all the classics. I, I, you know, I mean, there was a lot of good games on that bundle, you know, for, like I said, for 60 bucks, you can't go wrong for 30 games, but there are also a lot of titles that I really was shocked were not on the NES classic, but that may end up becoming another revenue stream for Nintendo. In addition to that, obviously super Mario run dropped on mobile, uh, my wife, who owns an iOS device, downloaded it. I got to check it out. It was, you know, it's a mobile game. It is it is what it is. A lot of people felt, you know, incredibly let down because of, you know, the bait and switch. Oh, you play it for X amount and then you pay X to unlock it. And I just said, as I read that and I read people's gripes, I said, you guys don't really know mobile that well, do you? Because a lot of the shit that's free that you can enjoy is full of ads and the stuff that isn't free only gives you a portion of the game and then you got to pay for the rest. That's just, you know, par for the course when it comes to mobile gaming. But it was all right. I mean, as somebody who's debating making the switch back to iOS, which I'll discuss later on, um, you know, it was it served its purpose. It got Nintendo in front of a new audience and that's all that mattered. Now, let's talk about the Nintendo Switch, which I am uh, going to bring Slick on to break that down with me. Uh, just because he was able to see more of the announcement. Obviously, we were prepping for the live show, and, um, you know, we'll discuss that. So let me bring him on board. Mr. Slick. What's up, man? Sorry, what? I got to mute my TV. No worries, no worries. So The Nintendo um, Switch announcement is still going. I yep. guess it's happening in about um, the Japanese afternoon of Friday the 13th. Right. They're also doing the NES Treehouse, which we're also going to be giving on RageWorks.net for people to watch later on this morning. Now that it's uh, going to be Friday the 13th in roughly 13 minutes. So uh, a couple of things. I mean, I, I did get some of the more pertinent information. Obviously, the two ninety nine price tag and the March 3rd release date, coupled with the fact that the system will be region free, which is an interesting concept. And I think that opens up you know, the library of all the great Japanese titles that people always feel they miss out on when it comes to these sort of situations, which I thought was uh, was an interesting approach. Now, obviously, the two ninety nine uh, price, you know, ruffled a couple of feathers. You know, the PS4 is currently at two ninety nine. The PS4 Pro is at three ninety nine and the Xbox one starts at two forty nine. So right now it's, you know, 50 bucks more than the Xbox one. And, um, you know, comparable to the PlayStation 4. Now, answer me this, because I know you saw more of the announcement. Do you feel that the $299 price tag, which puts it in direct competition with the PlayStation 4, is warranted for a system that most people consider to be um, weaker from a spec perspective? I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, considering what you get, you're going to be able to, to play at home. You're going to be able to play on the go, you know, if you choose to. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, I mean, you can you can shit on it if you want, but the game comes with two controllers, which is something that no console has done in quite a while. Can you hear me, Rich? I can hear you. I'm actually uh, boosting your levels a bit. All right. They were saying in the chat that they couldn't hear me. Yep. 
But basically, I mean, when you consider that you can play on TV, you can, you know, if you if you, if you didn't put the strap on and you threw the freaking controller through your TV like you did with the Wii, you can play <laughs> tabletop mode or you can play handheld. You know, it gives you multiple options to play. You can play pretty much anywhere. You get two controllers. Again, call it what you want. It's, it is two controllers, really. Right. And, um... It's giving it's giving a decent battery life. It says varies by game, two and a half to six hours. If it you know if it's not plugged in, but it does come with an adapter, a new USB C connector adapter, and everything. Right. And it has Wi-Fi, you know, for the online or for connectivity with up to seven other uh, Switch consoles, you know, for for local local play, which I think is awesome. You I mean. You potentially could do that with the, the other consoles, but having a bunch of freaking 60-inch TVs in a circle is not going to work too well in, in uh, my apartment or your house. No, I agree. I think, you know, to your point, and, uh, and you know, I boosted up your levels. I don't want to blow, blow the speakers out too much. Um, the way I see it with this is... It's peop- not the replacement for the 3DS, uh, Val. I, you know, you look at this kind of stuff, and when you see it, you say to yourself, we want innovation, we want innovation, we want new things, we want new things. And no sooner does a company try to think outside of the box, everybody's like, oh, here we fucking go. And and that's a problem. You can't you can't be, and, and I've talked about this, you can't have selective outrage is what I'm saying. I mean, you know, let's be realistic. The VR stuff that dropped for PlayStation, yeah, it's kind of cool and whatever, but does anybody really give a shit about VR? How many PlayStation 4 VRs have really sold? And I want to get into that later on to a point, but I'm being honest. I mean, would you rather an uh, innovation at the console level or innovation uh, on an accessory that may or may not work? And that's something that, again, you know, we, we've gone through these phases, 3D gaming, um, you know, motion controlled gaming, voice activated controls for the system. There's there's a benefit and a, and a hindrance for all this stuff. And Nintendo's just trying to give people a little bit of of everything. You want to give people something they can take on the go, but you also want to give something uh, to people that have a small footprint. I think that Nintendo's trying to really have their cake and eat it too. But I'm also concerned that they may in in a in a way be cannibalizing the 3ds because think about it from a portable perspective you have the 3ds and that has an amazing library of titles and now you go and you buy this new console which of of, you know in essence has you know portable capabilities and is probably more powerful than the 3ds obviously so to that end do you feel that there is a possibility of that happening i would wait for nintendo to say it but i would say no Okay, Why? because the 3DS still prints money for Nintendo. Of course, I agree. I, I don't disagree. Because, because I mean, whether you love them or hate them, look at all the the games for just the Wii's or or even the life of the Nintendo console history. Right. Being able to take those games on the go has always been a dream of every gamer. Of course, now you can. But those are not the same games that are made for 3DS. Right. 
And that's why I say it's not going to replace the 3DS. The 3DS will still have plenty of life, and it will. I, I don't think it's going to suffer. Okay. Because the games that come out for 3DS are made for those two screens. You can't do those games on the Switch. Right. And I swear to God, if they do that Switch joke one more time, I'm going to fly to Japan and punch somebody. <laughs> you know they're going to beat it to death. I mean, it, remember when it's not about me or you, it's about we, you, <laughs> and all that terrible shit, all those really terrible puns that they well, did. I have, I have some news for you that will definitely make you very happy. What's that? Uh, announced already is Splatoon 2. Nice. Very, very, very excited to hear that. I mean, I'm going to watch the announcement after we wrap. And of course, I'm going to prep for, uh, you know, the uh, the Treehouse event. And and I'm excited. I mean, Platoon was one of those like games. Xenoverse, it looks like Xenoverse is also coming, um, like I'm watching as I'm talking to you. Right. I think I think that when we look at the Switch, it's Nintendo's. And, and I hate to do this because people automatically assume that I'm being, being negative. But I got to say, man, this system is make or break. For Nintendo, because as much as I like the Wii U and as much as I've thoroughly enjoyed it, it 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 definitely stumbled a lot. In addition to that, obviously, you you know, third party support was virtually non-existent, minus a couple of companies that wanted to take a gamble with Nintendo. And when and you know when the ball fell squarely in Nintendo's court for first party, we saw that they just decided to take their sweet ass time. It almost makes me think that they they just shifted gears to the Switch development cycle and just let the Wii U run its course. And I just feel that that's a disservice to that console because it really was not terrible, you know? No, it, it actually was very good. The yep. problem is that people didn't take to it. It's exactly. a great console, but people don't take to it for whatever reason. I, I don't understand why. I, I love... I mean, I enjoyed the Wii. I actually like the Wii U more than I like the Wii. But um, people just, I guess they, they just were burnt by the, the Wii having so much shovelware. But that, like I said, that isn't so much, well, yeah, it is Nintendo's problem, fault because they let it go through. But, right. But, I mean, it's it's more the fault of developers just for pulling out because they didn't want to develop for a different style console. Right. And... It's like that. That is really hypocritical because they always talk about how they're doing this innovation with games. Right. But when a company is innovating with a console, oh, we we it's too much to, to code for that console. Well, here's Fuck he, out of here. I, I I definitely get that. And as you know, uh, you know, running a business and uh, you know, as as best as I can consider this a business, I always look at it from the perspective of. That the developer is saying to themselves, okay, if we put this title out on PS4 and Xbox One, it's going to cost X and we're going to get X return. How many Wii U's are in circulation? X. How much is the development for that, you know, niche platform going to cost? X. What is our return? X. Does it balance out? Fuck no. (laughs) And that's... That right there is the big problem. The only reason why it doesn't balance out is because these companies are afraid to freaking freaking um try it out right of course let's let's be honest let's let's take the perfect example which i I wanted to talk about later today anyway grand theft auto 5 yep fucking sells like hotcakes 
in its fourth year. Absolutely. If that shit came out on Wii U, you're going to tell me that people wouldn't buy it? I think they would, but the problem is that in terms of, of system penetration, you know, they're, the, Nintendo's not, at, and that's the big problem, Nintendo's not at a level where, they're, where their console penetration, you know, pause, <laughs> is is at a level is at a level that's you know capable of helping the 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 consumer feel comfortable with their purchase and that that's the problem it's not so much and and I agree I agree with with, with a lot of what you're saying it's not so much hey we you know GTA 5 is going to come out on the Wii U it's the fact that GTA 5 is coming out on the Wii U and it should have came out on the Wii U at the same time that it came out on every other console so that the people that do have a Wii U have a have a reason to hey let me go buy this on the Wii U because you know the map is on the fucking tablet or whatever other you know kitschy thing they add to it is there and it enhances the gameplay that's that's the problem the problem isn't so much making the game for the system and taking the gamble the problem is is it worth spending the resources and the gamble when the system doesn't even when the system is being outsold by a handheld equivalent you see what i'm saying yeah i definitely do that's 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 where i that's where i as you know as from from a business perspective it just becomes a thing where it's like well fuck why are we going to spend money resources and development um you know development brain power to create it for this niche system that is barely clearing, uh, you know, a, a, a sustainable volume when it's being outsold by the handheld equivalent that we could probably create a 2D game for for a fraction of the cost if we so choose. And that's the big problem. The Switch has to, Nintendo has to come out of the gate and tell developers, this is what, you, what, we, what we got for you. This is how you're going to do it. And, you know, you can do a straight port of your game to this. But if you want to add any special innovations, you can. And when companies are announcing their their special releases of games, they need to start laying out money and get some fucking console exclusives, period. Because that helps. Even if it's for a short-term gain, it helps. You know? I think think that's the thing, too. If Nintendo said, listen, we're going to sign a deal with with NetherRealm, just as a hypothetical, NetherRealm, which means... All Mortal Kombat, Injustice, and any mixture of those fucking games will come to Nintendo first. That's a big salvo. If if you said, hey, we're going to partner up with Atlas or with SNK, and we're going to start doing stuff with SNK and, you know, King of Fighters or, you know, a brand or a, a brand, you know, we're going to partner with Capcom and we're going to do a new Tatsunoko versus Capcom and it's going to be exclusive first to our console. That's the kind of shit that raises eyebrows, that gets people talking. They go, "Well, shit, I gotta, I like that game. I gotta, I gotta pick it up." You know? I hear you. And that's a big problem. Don't get me wrong, dude. If you if you say we're gonna put out Metroid, we're gonna put out Castlevania, we're gonna put out Mario, we're gonna put out Kirby, we're gonna put out Star Fox, all that shit is going to sell. You could do Donkey Kong Jacks. You could fucking do Donkey Kong Silo. And it'll sell. <laughs> and that wasn't even a racial joke, so don't nobody get their panties in a bunch. It was just off the cuff. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> don't don't front. You know you would play Donkey I, I, Kong Silo. Not only because of the joke, but because it seems like they are doing like shit like that with the Switch. 
Dude, I, I Super Mario Party CeeLo. <laughs> Mario rolled four, five, six. <laughs> oh, man. I just, you know, that's. I got I to gotta jump into something just because Val, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really disagreeing with what Val's saying in the chat. And he's saying Nintendo's fucking up their AAA title. But um, they just showed, and the official title is Super Mario Odyssey. The only bad part about that presentation was it's not coming out until the holiday. Of course it's not going to be available on launch. Of course not. Well, here's... Fucking Nintendo. No, I get... But I... that game, when I saw it, I don't know if you saw the, the demo of it. No, I did not, I actually. Mean, it's it's To me, it's one of the biggest things I've seen since Super Mario, the original Super Mario RPG. On um the was it on the, yeah it was on the Super Nintendo because Mario is not in the Mushroom Kingdom Mario is in a it appears to be a, a fully fleshed out world like they started him in a city which it's not New York City but it looks like New York City right and it's like he's doing stuff that you would see like in Crackdown in that game you know I um. <laughs> I, I I look at this and I say to myself, Mario and all of these titles, you know, you're always going to do the best job possible because those are the titles that people expect to to see Nintendo doing their best stuff. And, you know, Val saying, I think Nintendo needs to stop fucking up their AAA titles. I think that the problem is that they, you know, they're going to take some risks, but the problem is that they take risks and and that's all they put out. In other words, hey, we're going to do a first-person version of Metroid. Hope you guys don't mind, but you're not going to see another Metroid game for eight years. So here's what you're stuck with. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of shit, again, that's not necessarily bad, but what happens is if you stumble and that's not well-received, what you end up being stuck with is that that's what people are going to associate. Like, you know, my boss said something to me, years ago when I started working at my company, he goes, you could do a million good things, but fuck up once and people are going to remember that fuck up faster than all of the good things you've done. And that right there sums up Nintendo's problem. Nintendo's problem is that they do amazing things, dude, amazing things. And then they just shoot themselves in the foot. And then what happens is people go and they're like, hey, you know, I really would like to play metroid Ugh, not that first person shooter shit and that's the first thing that people think about is that that's the real problem they 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 want to innovate and i have zero problem with them innovating dude i i love it i love when they take risks but on the same token don't wait you know six years or another console cycle to undo your fuck up what I really think they need to do, because you always mentioned how they stumble with the release of, not, not saying the quality, but the release yep. of the first party t- titles. Absolutely. They need to have two, at least two first party titles per year. Right. If they did that, even if they did fuck up once or twice, oh, well, we know something else is coming out next year. Right. And that's and that's what I mean. That That, that cycle needs to be fixed. And I understand there's resources and things that are required. And, you know, you're going to have the pundits and you're going to have the know-it-alls and you're going to have the dudes on social media. Yeah, man, but if you rush the first party titles out and they suck, then you're going to be, that's part of the problem too. I understand that. 
But don't get me wrong. The development cycle for fucking Star Fox is going to be completely different than the development cycle for Super Mario fucking Golf. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's not <laughs> rushing it out if you do two a year because the game that's not coming out to, let's say, 2019, you're working on that now because you have Zelda and Mario coming out in 2017. Maybe you got Donkey Kong and Kirby coming out in 2018. Right. And then you got the 2019 game. Let me let me and use at the same time you're working on whatever's coming out in 2020. I'm gonna give you a great analogy. Two two first party titles a year, I'd say at least two of their, you know, their um like their what do you call it? Their what do you call the fucking you know, they're not Nintendo, but like like their proprietary developers making at least two or three of those a year. Oh yeah, they're premium. And whatever comes from the third party people. Well, here's how I see it. Marvel needs I mean Nintendo needs to see how Marvel handles the cinematic universe. Every year we get from two to three films. Period. What I just say. You know? Exactly that. Two to three two to three. And you see how 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 Marvel does it. Marvel hasn't gone a year without at minimum having a presence in the box office during the summer and during the fall. Period. And that's all they need to do. Hey, we're going to do something during the summer. Hey, we're going to do X title for the fall and just circulate all that stuff and in between put out some of the other stuff and again, take advantage of your fucking assets. Let me explain. You have all these first party titles that I can rattle off, and I'm gonna just rattle off five: anything Mario, anything Zelda, uh, anything Star Fox. Um, let's go sports, Super Punch Out. Let's go fighting game, Smash Brothers. Right there, I just named five titles. Out of those five titles, you can do two a year, and even with the Nintendo stuff, you have a complete Mario or Nintendo sports lineup that you can use to keep those characters out there. You know, Super Mario Baseball, the Mario soccer game. Fuck, even Mario Tennis on the Wii U I was playing in Best Buy, and I'm like, shit, I may need to buy this. Fucking tennis! Even though... (laughs) You know, like, but that's what I mean. Like, you you put out all the premiere stuff, and then you fill the gaps with some of the smaller stuff, the stuff that's less resource-intensive, and of course... To your point, you have the premium titles from the companies with the better relationships and above all, third party shit. Simple as that. And well, and the, the the presentation is over and the only thing that I saw bad about it aside from the fucking switch joke was that they say they have over eighty games in development, third party titles. Right. But a lot of what they showed seemed to be and I mean it's not a problem for me because I like that shit, but it it seemed to be Excuse me. More in tune with the Japanese audience, like they announced Dragon Quest ten and eleven, plus Dragon Quest Heroes one and two coming to Switch. Right. A new Shin Megami Tensei game, a Square Enix project called Project Octopath Traveler, which is like a two point five D role playing game. Square Enix is obviously looking to kill two thousand seventeen the same way they did two thousand sixteen. Yep, Skyrim and FIFA. I'm like, Skyrim and FIFA are about the only games that are big over here, and it's like those are not the biggest of the big. Right. The problem is that the Switch, to to Danny's point, who who just joined us, the Switch in Japan is going to blow up because they're they're catering. 
to that to that to their home field audience. And you know what's going to happen? Motherfuckers are just going to be importing shit left and right. That's all they're going to do. Oh, you guys aren't going to get X game till whenever. Fuck it. I'm just going to go and buy it from, you know, Video Games New York and pay $75 for it and play it now. And then when you guys decide to take your thumb out of your ass and change the and you know, do an English version a year later when the shit is old, guess what? Nobody's going to care. And that's the problem. Like oh, yeah, with the That's it. It's like you know what people want to see in America and I hate to say it, Call of Duty. They want to see Call of Duty on the fucking Switch. That's what they want to see. That's what that's it. They want to see Madden, you know, shit that sells, things that people care about. Don't get me wrong. Zelda, Mario, Star Fox. Dude, you could have Mario painting a fucking portrait like Bob Ross for 90 minutes and people will buy that shit because it is brand equity. Period. It is brand equity. Like I told you, Donkey Kong CeeLo. Somebody will buy that shit. Period. But what ends up happening is they go, they put out, hey, we're going to do Dragon Quest and all this shit. What do you think? That people in the US don't play RPGs? It's like, shouldn't Nintendo be talking to fucking Square Enix? Like, yo, make something for us. Partner up with Square Enix and do a new Super Mario RPG. Why not? Well, it is smart on the. It is smart that they get into Dragon Quest because that that pretty much was um, only coming to to PlayStation, and I mean that that is a, a big RPG title next to Final Fantasy, and just the the fact that they've shown that they 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 have a renewed partnership with Square Enix, right? If they get basically the um, the scraps the level of the scraps. That that PlayStation has <laughs> with um, what happened? I said the scraps. Their partnership with Square Enix guarantees us now with more scraps. <laughs> no. Final I'm Fantasy. The same, the same level. Final Fantasy 15 housekeeping edition. <laughs> no. I, I'm hoping for <laughs> more along the lines of second season Hitman and shit like that. I'd love to see that, dude. I'd love to see it like that's 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 how I you know Val said Dragon Quest greater than Final Fantasy Dragon Quest is on another level like that's that like the people that love that shit are diehard and you know I just I'm amused and and this and again I, I'm purely joking about some of this stuff guys like I'm just having a, a laugh um you know Dragon Quest is bigger than Final Fantasy in Japan our, motherfuckers take off from work like they yep. call out sick when a Dragon Quest game comes out I, you know, Danny mentions Cooking Mama. You know, I don't have a problem with a game like Cooking Mama, but when you have Chicken Shoot and the fucking a game from the Cake Boss and, you know, Iron Chef America, like, like, why? But they didn't really have that for the Wii. No, no, no. They I'm just talking about for the Wii. They, at least they... That's what it was. The Wii was all that fucking garbage. The Wii U wasn't bad because they realized, all right, this is fucking terrible. I'm just for me. I Like I always say, I want Nintendo to succeed. Iron sharpens iron. Nintendo innovating keeps people on their toes. But when, you know, your 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 claim to fame is Cooking Mama and maybe Dragon Quest and the and the semi-annual first party title, you're not going to fucking win. And everybody's like, yeah, you know, Nintendo, they like to play the long game. 
The, if the long game is the equivalent of the Wii and Wii U life cycle, then just, just fucking shoot them in the head already and call it a day. Well, I'm, I'm interested in one thing. Like, I want to see what the hell is they plan on doing with this HD rumble feature that's supposed to, uh, you know, the guy showed it on TV, but obviously you can't get the the concept of it unless you actually have it in your hand. The, the demonstration was he's holding one of the Joy-Cons, which is the official name of those two controllers, and um, because you have to share the Joy. I was like, really? It also sounds like a hentai expo in Japan. <laughs> I'm going to Joy Con with my pillow that looks like a nurse. <laughs> oh my god! It's sad because he's right, but it's like he showed that the Joy Con was supposed to represent him holding a glass, right? And then you could feel that somebody is throwing an ice cube in the glass, and then you could feel that a second, and then a third ice cube was thrown in the glass, and that someone was pouring ice water into the glass. It was like, I don't understand how that is going to actually translate to my hand, which I guess I'll have to see when it comes out, but it, it is what it is. It sounds like something that could add a, an extra layer of immersion to gaming. That's why, you know, I'm interested in seeing what they do with it. But Shout out. The big question will be whether or not the third party people actually utilize it. Well, shout out to Bob who says uh, Call of Duty MLG oh edition God. now with more air horn. <laughs> I, I, look, this is this is the thing, you know, and it's funny. Val says tentacle rumble. This is like I always say when I watch Nintendo press conferences and Nintendo press events, they're like, hey, let's show you some video. And while we're at it, we want to show you that this controller can make a martini. It's like, why? Hey, like, like, why don't you just have exactly get Vince from the Slapchat commercials and hey, what you got here is the Joy-Con. And what you can do with it besides play games is you can chop chicken, you can wash your windows, and you can detail your car for three payments of $19.95. I'm like, and with like, the HD Rumble, you can please your woman. That's it. That's it. Now with adult capabilities for all that special adult time. Like, come on, man. How about this? Show me some games like real shit and don't tell me that I'm going to get them, you know, first quarter 2018. Nobody wants to hear that. You know what they'll fucking hear? Crickets. Lots of crickets. Hey, check out this new Mario game. That's where they they started to lose me. Yep. The first game they showed, which is called One Two Switch, which is basically their their what was it called? It's basically the Wii Sports of the Nintendo Switch, but it's not free. Right. That that's going to be available at launch. Of course, you it have is. Have Arms, which actually looks pretty cool. It's a it's a fighting game, but it's like the characters literally throw punches. When I say that, like their special. Uh, like they're wearing special gear that where their fists actually fly out at each other and you move around a ring. So it's like MMA, but no kicking allowed. And it's like, it looks, it just looks like a lot of fun, but it looks like the person with more stamina is more likely to win unless the other person gets that knockout really quick. Translation, and, um, people playing boxing on the Wii, the motherfucker who would not yeah. die would win. 
That's it. Like, I used to laugh when they'd be like, you know, we're putting the Wii in retirement homes for senior citizens to get in on gaming. And I'm like, how many of those motherfuckers have you killed? Jesus. 70, 72 that year old. Not coming out until, quote unquote, spring 2017. I'm like, March 3rd is spring. Dude, 73 year old Greta accidentally killed her life partner during a spirited game of Wii Sports Tennis as the controller left her hand and hit him in the temple and killed him dead. Instantly. Instantly. Because that's, that's, again, dude, Nintendo start, their press conferences always start off like, rah, 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 this is awesome. And now, crickets. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah, it's like, your game, Splatoon 2, they're like, summer 2017. Then they're like Super Mario Odyssey. Then I'm like, holy shit! And they're like, holiday 2007. I'm like, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, so what are we... And here's the million dollar question, and hopefully you have a real answer. What are we getting March 3rd? I don't know. <laughs> the only game I know that's available on March 3rd is 1-2 Switch. Wonderful. Wonderful. In the words of Matt Hardy, Hardy glorious. It looks like. Oh my god! It looks like a lot of fun with like you know, you know, dueling pistols and sword fighting and shit like that. But no, I ain't, I ain't buying that. I would like to buy arms, but guess what's not going to be available on March third? Oh, arms. so so essentially, you get a console and a shiny demo disc. Well, we don't know that for certain because I mean, because Danny says Zelda and arms about the games. The other thing that I wanted to mention is the online. Okay. Because they said that the online will be available at launch and will have a trial period. Of course it will. And then later in the fall will become a paid service. Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) That's what that is. It's like, oh, yeah, what'd you think? We were going to give you online and it would be free? No, I mean, you know, I wouldn't complain about that because it's like we pay for online. That's what happens, you know. My thing is, I want, I need to see more of this online because Sony stepped their game up, moving from the PS3 to the PS4. We and Wii U both had online, and um, uh, yeah, they they both had. So was the 3DS, and I used that occasionally to download a game. That's about it. But, um, yeah, they need to do something special with this online that I know nothing about because they really didn't tell us anything about it. Yeah, well, the way the way I see it, and I'm and I'm going to be purely honest, Nintendo has Zelda will be available at at the launch. Of course. Good. I saw that Danny posted that as well. And that's fine. That uh, listen. If I'm not going to buy a shiny Nintendo console without some first party shit for me to play, then it is fucking useless. I don't care if it's Zelda, Mario, Little Mac and the trainer. I don't care. Something. So thank you for giving us Zelda at launch. Thank you. I'm serious. Thanks. I just hope the game is ridiculously long. I'll take it. It's like it's like something. I'll take it because I'm serious, dude. It's like here's this console. And we're going to give you this, you know, Cooking Mama boxing archery demo disc and uh, and Zelda. It's like, thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks. They actually need to put one, two switch in the box because 
I don't know. I don't really see too many people buying that game. Yeah, well. What was the uh the, the um the magic demo that they did when they had the PlayStation move that everybody thought was gonna come with it and it didn't? Remember that? You mean that, that shit with the archery that that you played? No, no, no. The the, the magic one. The magic. Like like you were a magician and you were doing shit and everybody's like, Oh, this oh, is the great. Harry Potter shit? Yeah. The one that came with like a huge box of nothing that nobody bought? There you go. What is it? But this is what I mean. Like, hey. Oh, you know what I know what you're talking about. It's not Harry Potter. Yeah, it's the demo. It was like a card game. Yeah. You know? I mean, for me, I see it as we got a lot of potential on on the horizon, but it really is wait and see. And, you know, obviously, myself, Slick, we're all gonna collect... Uh, as much information as possible and to, you know, disseminate that information and share it with you guys. Of course, you you know, we'll have the Nintendo Treehouse event and um, we could wax poetic about the Nintendo Switch for the entire segment, but there is some other shit I did want to address. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, just that the controllers are pretty cool. The, the right one reads Amiibo data. The left one has a capture button that will capture picture uh, screenshots out of the box and nice. later on they said they'll update it to capture video and apparently they only showed a picture but uh no more heroes is coming back oh i'll take that m rated game val <laughs> <laughs> i like i like how you're like you see you see i told you i like i like the uh the the sound of defiance in your voice you didn't listen <laughs> It's the it's the it's the sweet sound of the one adult Nintendo Switch owner buying one game. Well, they could always roll out Bayonetta three. They could, they could roll out Bayonetta three. They could. I mean, like I said, if you want to blow people's minds, you know, blow their brains out of their sockets, you'll say Red Dead Redemption two is coming out on the Nintendo Switch. You know. Well, I mean, considering there's no gameplay footage of that game as yet, right. But they do. They have announced that they have a, a you know a partnership with Take Two. Right. It's a possibility, dude. Red Dead Redemption Two on a Nintendo it's console possible. is essentially going to be Hogan's Alley with better graphics. <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to be Hogan's that's Alley. You're just going to point the 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 Joy-Con at it, and that's it. And just shoot really high res versions of Hogan's Alley, dudes. That's that's Red Dead Redemption Two on the Switch. <laughs> I will roll around the wild, shooting everybody in the head, saying "Share the joy, bitch." That's it, fucking Joy-Con. Um, I will say this though: <laughs> the you know when it comes to the MPD numbers, uh, PlayStation Four. You know, CNBC said that PlayStation sold, uh, Sony sold six point two million PlayStation Four consoles during the holiday season raising its global sales number to 53.4 million units in three years. Uh, PlayStation 4 software sales for the 2016 holiday period reached more than 50.4 million copies globally through digital downloads as well as games sold in retail stores. So um, definitely a very, very, very impressive showing uh, by Sony this holiday season. In addition to that, uh, the PlayStation 4 was the best-selling uh, home game system in the in the U.S. according to the MPD. Obviously, they didn't give too much information, um, but they, you know, Sony definitely got themselves a boost because they had some really solid titles going into the holiday season. Plus, obviously, 
the PlayStation 4, and like I said, just a lot of titles that got people talking right before the holiday season. Microsoft didn't fare so bad either. They had a, a really good uh, month with December, and um, you know they've had they had some growth. It was just funny because obviously Microsoft was putting out tweets. Oh, we did so well. It's like y'all came in number two. It's okay. It is okay. <laughs> it is it is it is participation trophy time. So thanks. And, and again, I don't mind because you know people are like, oh, look at Microsoft PR doing the spin job. That is what those motherfuckers get 80 grand a year for and perhaps more. Their job, ladies and gentlemen, dude, their job is to make a chicken salad out of chicken shit. That is their job. So for everyone that is jumping on Twitter and Facebook, they said that they had the best month. What do you want them to say? That they were shitty? Is that what you want? Yeah, we're the number two console. Yeah, That's it's biased. Yeah, exactly. No, you don't say that. You say, "Hey, we had a we had a fuckload. You know, we had a fucking awesome holiday season." Period. And that's the these are just cold hard facts, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we we knew PlayStation Four was going to come out of the gate swinging, and even though Microsoft had a bit of a, a of a lead when this all started, we all know that you know. Sony, they decided to play catch up and they, they did a good job. Don't get me wrong. Sony's had its fair share of stumbles. Like, I don't know, backwards compatibility. But aside from that, they've been putting out banging titles month after month. Don't get me wrong. Microsoft has their fair share of good titles too, but Microsoft, you know, Sony's just been, you know, hitting them, hitting them hard. And the other, the other thing is that they put out the PS4 Pro as the more advanced and more powerful console versus Microsoft which said we're going to put out this placeholder console which is powerful and plays HD Blu-rays but in a couple of months we'll put out an even more powerful console that will force you to upgrade again and that ladies and gentlemen is why Microsoft is in the situation they were in because they decided instead of being proactive they were going to be reactive oh Sony's working on something more powerful well we got something for them bitches right here and it's like yeah but it's essentially a gun with one bullet. Once you shoot that one bullet, you Xbox. got nothing. We don't use lube. That's it. I'm being serious. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're going to put out the PS4 Pro. All right. Well, here's the Xbox One S. But we also have the Xbox Scorpio. Okay. Way to tell everybody that because guess what nobody's doing? Running out to buy an Xbox One S. And the few people that are are like me that just want to have it to you know use it for other shit. Because all eyes are on the Scorpio. Basically. Simple as that. Period. But, you know, this is this is the thing that aggravates me about the industry as a whole. Instead of being excited that people that, you know, that are that our companies are making money and being profitable, which in turn allow us to enjoy their products more. Motherfuckers are mad because the guy who gets paid to spin the news and the stories is doing a hell of a job <laughs> it's like oh i'm mad that water is wet <laughs> i wanted to ask you um do you have the software npd numbers for november not yet those come out next week damn it yep those come out next week but that's but this is what i'm saying you know people people are people are upset about like i said water being wet i mean here's, here's an example i got an email from 2k today that WWE 2K17 is coming out on Windows PC on February 7th. 
Does anyone really give a shit? Why does it take so long? Well, aside from that, they're like, hey, by the way, you're not only going to be able to get the game on PC, but we're going to give you a choice of a standard edition and a deluxe edition, which has a $25 price difference. And we're even going to give you the season pass. And the best part, all the DLC that has been released will be available for PC immediately at launch. Hooray. <laughs> Unless that special edition has a piece of the freaking trunks that rolled up Sasha Banks' ass in, in that match with Charlotte, nobody's buying it. That's incredibly creepy, and I'm hoping you don't have a body in the basement. <laughs> I, I would like some used undergarments in my game. Thanks. No. Ladies and gentlemen, Slick's commentary is not indicative of the views expressed on (laughs) MyTakeRadio or RageWorks.net. No, I'm being serious, though. They were like, oh, yeah, we're putting it out on the PC. Rejoice. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, guys, thanks. I guess I'll let our five PC readers know. (laughs) You know, like that's that that's again, it's all good stuff. Meanwhile, you know, Shovel Knight is coming to the Nintendo Switch, and I know people were excited about that. I mean, our very own Quark was a big fan of Shovel Knight, and it's coming to the Switch as Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. You're going to get all the original campaigns, all the free updates with the new campaigns, new characters, and the campaign Shovel Knight Specter of Torment will also be available on the Switch. Now, of course, you know, this is this is a this is a good thing for for this developer just because Shovel Knight was well received by many people and to hear that it's debuting on Nintendo's new console is is very fucking cool. Um I'll be honest. And they they can benefit by, you know, picking up those those indie developers too. Well, you know what's funny? Indie A developers lot of those little games did really well. Absolutely. Well, the other thing also is that indie developers have been a huge huge force when it comes to steam steam actually put out a, a release recently that they had a a, P, a spike in concurrent users with 14.2 million users this of course comes off the heels of the of their winter sale but still that's crazy in addition to that dota 2 had the most players followed by counter-strike global offensive and gta 5 so you know, there, there's PC gaming, you know, I, I joke about it, you know, with the whole WWE 2K17 thing, but the numbers don't lie. There's there's a fuckload of PC gamers out there, and I feel that Steam is partly responsible for that. Of course. Because that's those, those numbers are insane. Is, is, it's very strange that people are, are very um, receptive of the, the um, what do you call it, the Steam... The early program, like being able to play games early, right? You're paying to be a beta tester for the the company, but people jump on it. You know what it is, man. I get you know we we get our fair share of stuff, and a lot of stuff is on Steam, and I definitely feel like I'm missing the boat. I just you know for me personally, and I know people are like, "Damn, dude, you built this rig, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Listen, you know the computer, the 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 PC I built is a piece of equipment to work and generate content." I just don't, I'm not inclined to play any games on it. I'm really not. You know, I have a fuckload of consoles that I can play. I just, I, I was never driven towards it. And it's, and it's messed up because there's certain games that I wouldn't mind sitting down and, and checking out. You know, I've seen Dota and I'm like, wow, maybe I, that looks pretty cool. I'd fuck with it. Or, um, you know, Warcraft. 
So, you know, I've seen people play Warcraft. And I'm like, oh, I could, I could fuck with that. But then I just, I'm like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Well, I do got to say, and, and this is one thing I did want to add for, for those of you that have put your copies of Gears of War to the side, um, they are, the game is getting a brand new update. Uh, the series two update should be out now. It's going to include 280 new cards, two new maps, and the cards will include 13 new characters, including Anya and Sam with their Gears of War 3 armor, Zombie Min, and you're also going to get 260 new weapon skins across 13 full sets. In addition to that, the uh, Clock Tower and Blood Drive maps that have been released for the game, and both are available to Season Pass holders in the developer playlist and will be available for free for everyone starting January 17th. Cards? Yep. Danny, Danny definitely. Okay. Danny plays her fair share of gears online. She will um she can elaborate on that a bit further. I'm just chipping away at gears currently. I did want to add, and this is um one thing then, you know, we'll we'll use this to close it out. You know, 2017 for gaming is gonna be very interesting because like I said. You know, we already got the Switch announcements, everything going on with the Switch, and people don't seem to really be focusing on the fact that Microsoft is going to drop the Scorpio in 2017. And whether it's good, bad, or just another another hardware refresh, it is still new hardware. And at the end of the day, what, whatever whatever Microsoft brings to the table... Now, don't get me wrong. They're 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 coming they're coming to the table with you know Godzilla like Godzilla stomping through Tokyo. They're like, all right, here's our system. It um you know it can power nuclear reactors. It can turn on your lights. It can start your car. It can you know work with Alexa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know they're gonna they're gonna come out of the gate swinging, and that is for me something that I'm excited to see because right now you know Sony for all intents and purposes is is riding high on the hog right now they're like yeah you know we got the ps4 pro out we got a fuckload of awesome titles all is right in the world and they forget that microsoft is creeping creeping around the corner with a new console now again that's not saying that 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 it's going to change the tide in any way but it is a fresher piece of hardware new architecture new chipset more juice and that may turn the tide a little bit so i'm i'm actually excited for that that you know, that doesn't I'm mean excited for it because I would like to actually be excited for an Xbox console. Right. But the big problem is, yeah, you got this new console coming out. What are we going to play on it now with more Halo? Because if you're like <laughs> now with more Halo, exactly. It's That's like, if you have the same games that you had before, they just look nicer. Then Maybe the same people who didn't buy the original Xbox One aren't gonna buy the Scorpio. You know, it's it's I, I you know Danny mentions you know augmented reality VR. You know, I've 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 shared my thoughts on VR. I just feel it's a very niche thing, and I feel that VR applications are finally, you know, they're they, they, I feel that they're not really ready for prime time. But I think that Microsoft is gonna come out with something that and. I could be wrong. Again, this is me speculating. I wouldn't be shocked if whatever comes out with the Scorpio is something that is capable of being upgraded to increase its longevity, almost on on par with a PC. I would not be shocked. 
I like how Danny asked if they're going to go VR or AR. I'm guessing they're not going to go AR because uh, you'd need the connect for that. Oh, yeah, that thing. I, this is <laughs> exactly. Dude, you know what I played on the connect? I played Fruit Ninja. I had many, many spirited games of Fruit Ninja. Oh, and the one game where you use the the marionette cowboy. That's about it. Yikes. That's as far as we went with the connect. But in in all honesty, like I said, you know the it, it what I'm you know my speculation about the Scorpio is exactly that speculation. But I wouldn't be shocked if it was that they may let you upgrade you know outside not not just the storage, which obviously you can do externally. But I wouldn't be shocked if you could maybe swap out a, a video card. Wouldn't be shocked, or or something I of that. I, I really don't want to. I really don't want to go go that far with a game console. But you know what it is, especially the li- with Xbox prices for things versus what you would pay for a PC. Right, paying two hundred dollars for a fifty dollar hard drive. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, but that that's changed, man. I mean, now with an Xbox One, all you do is just buy. Like I bought a two terabyte external hard drive with USB three. I paid 70 bucks for it and my my Xbox has, you know, 2.5 terabytes of storage. So, you know, that's that's no longer a hindrance. I mean, you know, with with PlayStation 4, obviously you can crack it open, you can put a new one in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. With the Xbox, you just expand the storage. I mean, you know, you can buy the console out of the box with 1 terabyte or 2 terabytes and then you could just slap on an external hard drive. I don't see an issue with that. What I'm looking at is how they're going to extend the shelf life of this brand new console that's supposedly going to be the end all be all for Microsoft. And to Danny's point, what she said earlier, the lines between PC and console gaming are becoming increasingly blurred. And if anybody has the capability of blurring that line completely and truly taking gaming to the, to the cross platforming level that we'd all love to see it's Microsoft because people play shit on windows PCs. Not Macs, I'm sorry. And I love Macs, but no. <laughs> Windows PCs. And at the end of the day, if you wanna if you wanna survive the console life cycle, having interchangeable parts is definitely a, a step in that direction. It's no different, and you may be you may have seen this already. Laptops having external things that you can add to it where you can put full sized PC video cards in them. Razer did that. I was actually looking at a Razer laptop in the Microsoft store because we I intend to upgrade my laptop this uh this year and they have the little, you know, the the box where you put in uh, a high-end video card and all of a sudden you just turn it into you turn that laptop into fucking Skynet. It's insane. Well, I mean, it's it's in Microsoft's court what they're going to do. But the bottom line is you can have a freaking console or pc that that has graphics so amazing that the freaking characters are standing right in front of you instead of on the screen right but if there's nothing to play nothing to play well i gotta i gotta say this and this will be a a good way to to just to close it out the and and you and i have said this before xbox well xbox you know the console wars you know right now aren't based on the games that that every every console has because again you can play Madden on the console of your choice Call of Duty on the console of your choice Titanfall now on the console of your choice etc 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 it all boils down to 
first party and console exclusive stuff. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what is going yeah, to turn the tide. Well, yeah, that too. But you can only play King of Fighters on PlayStation Four, which, by the way, King of Fighters got a graphical update yep. for free this past Tuesday. It is beautiful. It is fucking beautiful. Yes, it is. I, you know, for but that's what I mean. Like, unless you're 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 a hardcore Halo player or Gears of War player, you're, you're gonna find your first person shooter fix on either console. If you're into games like Uncharted, then you know where, where you're going to be. And that's where your money is going to go. But if, you're, if your console gaming is based on which system gets Madden, you can choose which, whichever one you want. Or Call of Duty. It's just I really need Microsoft to hire like some better content creators. Because their big thing going into 2016 was, we got Quantum Break coming out. Guess what was named one of the biggest duds of 2016? Quantum Break? Yep. You know what I'd like to see? The return of shit like 1 versus 100. I I could I could sit and play that every Friday night. Yep. Just like I used to on 360. Yes, sir. I played it with you. We need we need things like that. You know, we need games of that type of caliber where you can bring together like it's funny when they do Twitch plays Pokémon and you see all these people playing or, or Twitch plays X game or Y game, things like that where you can bring people together. That's the kind of shit that that gaming, you know, it, we, we all talk about online gaming and, and gaming with 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 your friends and 12 year old kids telling you to, to, to kiss their ass. But shit like one versus 100 stuff like that, man, we that stuff is 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 it, it's fucking, you know, gone the way of the dodo. We need shit like that. Because that's the stuff that makes those consoles appealing. That you know the same way that you could go every Sunday and watch Sherlock on on PBS is the same way that you could turn on your console Friday night at 8 p.m., play 1 versus 100, and win Microsoft points or consoles or prizes. And all you got to do is just join a game. That's it. I got I got a crazy idea. I loved when I won 100,000 freaking Microsoft points. I remember that. Thing. I got I, I got like, a that was like the highlight of my 360 uh, life cycle. I'm going to I'm going to give I'm going to give you guys a, a crazy idea. You know, we've seen an, an incredible we've seen an incredible increase in game shows. It, do you remember who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Imagine doing a televised who wants to be a millionaire, but you are picking people that are playing through their console. Imagine that. I don't know why when when one versus a hundred came out, I really thought that's what they were gonna do. Dude, imagine that. Or here's because one. It was so amazing. It was so much fun. Even when you were losing, it yep. was still fun. Imagine playing, and and this is just a hypothetical. Imagine one day you could tune in, and you got virtual Alex Trebek on ABC, and you can play Jeopardy in front of a worldwide audience just through your console. Imagine that. This is the kind of shit that I'm talking about for innovation. Not the not the console that fucking rumbles when you get shot. Not, you know, not that. Because that's just that's essentially taking a vibrator and instead of sticking it in you, you're putting it in your hand. Stop it. Yikes. That's not innovative. There's nothing innovative about that. The worst, despite him being the host and the owner, the words of not necessarily the words of I take radio. But it's true. Their but it's true. Like, think about it. Oh, look, 
the controller rumbles when you get shot. Oh, so courageous. So innovative. Get the fuck out of here. It's it's the equivalent of Apple taking off the headphone jack on the phone and calling it, you know, courageous. Why? Because you want to sell fucking Bluetooth headsets. That's why. That's because you need courage to tell somebody that in order for them to answer a call, they need a Bluetooth headset that's $30 instead of a $5 pair of headphones you buy at 7-Eleven on the way to work. Oh, I hate that they have headphones at 7-Eleven. But but this is what I'm saying, you know, and and um, you know, for me, that's the only thing. Don't get me wrong, dude. I I love gaming, even though I'm not playing it as much because I'm you know consumed by RageWorks, consumed by by being the best, you know, by giving you guys the best content possible from every outlet we have. At the end of the day, games just need to be fun. They need to be immersive, and they need to bring people together. And sometimes I I look on social media, oh, you know, Xbox fanboys are talking all this shit or PlayStation 4 fanboys are talking all this shit. At the end of the day, as long as you get enjoyment, it doesn't matter what system is giving you that enjoyment. Simple as that's it. Plain and simple. And I think that's a a great way to close things out. Uh, Do you have anything else to add, my friend? Yeah, just two last things. Um... Shoot. Even though I had put it down for like almost a year or two, Grand Theft Auto Five is definitely something to be picking up in 2017. The the new modes they've added have literally changed the game. It's 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 great again. Even with the all the hackers, it's a real fun time to be had. Make that GTA and, great again. Um, <laughs> we're gonna. Um, have some new video content on the site tomorrow because uh, Hitman will have their first elusive target in 2017. Yes. No, actually, she's be second. Yep. I actually saw a, 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 a blurb about that, and I said, yeah, I'm sure Slick is going to kill this person dead. <laughs> that's, that's how I look at it. Whenever I see elusive target uh, notifications, whether it's in my inbox or, you know, just online, I go, who is Slick going to kill this month? The funny thing about it is that it's it's I don't know if it's answering the community or slapping the community in the face, but there's a special um like a special condition on the the mission. Okay. You cannot kill this target with an explosion. Oh no. Because basically for like the last I don't know, the last 17 freaking elusive targets pretty much, pretty much all of them a bunch of people just run around dropping a freaking propane tank and a, a fire extinguisher and blowing it up and because they're just trying to get the fastest time. Oh, man. It's like I don't mock them because, you know, the, it's in the game. It's something that you can do. But I just feel that, you know, when I try to kill somebody in that game, I try to go for something that is fun to watch something I can, you know, crack jokes on. Right. Stuff like that. And doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's like, it's just boring to me. Right. Apparently to a lot of people, it's not. Gotcha. But I thought it was funny that, that IO Interactive put that specific stipulation in that you cannot kill this guy <laughs> with an explosion. Forcing people to actually do work. Not there bad. I, I expect a lot of people to fail this mission tomorrow 
because they were expecting to just drop a fucking uh, fire extinguisher. No, that works for me. Sometimes, sometimes you got to kill a mosquito with a rocket launcher. It happens. <laughs> Especially in San Andreas. There you go. Anything else to add, my friend? I'm good for tonight, man. All right, brother. I appreciate your contribution and your assistance this evening. Thanks a lot. See you next week. All right, brother. Appreciate Please. That was our very own Slick. Of course, you can keep up with all his exploits on his YouTube channel, and the link for that will be in the show notes for this week. I think that was a fitting way to close out uh, the final live gaming segment for MTR. Let's switch gears and jump into the entertainment side of things. We're going to go into a little OT uh, over our 90-minute limit, but not too much. So let's get to it. All right, so first thing I want to open up with is a bit of news that our very own Slick is probably going to be listening to very attentively, and that involves Archer. As many of you know, Archer is approaching its eighth season, and with that, it will be changing networks. It will be now viewable on FXX for its upcoming eighth season, and will be switching over this spring. The show is slated to return for seasons 9 and 10, but they will also be on FXXX. <laughs> so it's going to be FXX. I'm, I'm, I probably botched that at least twice. But yes, that is where Archer is going uh, this spring. In some other small screen news, it looks like we will be seeing the return of Charmed to the small screen as the CW is moving forward with a reboot of the Charmed TV series. Uh, this new interpretation is going to be a prequel style reimagining of the WB's original series, which is going to have a brand new cast and is going to be taking place in 1976 and follow the exploits of three witches that were brought together to fight evil in a small New England town. Um, it's been a pretty busy week for the CW because in addition to the Charmed reboot, they have not only renewed all of the DC shows, but also some of their veteran shows as well. Uh, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow have all received renewals. Also, Supernatural and Jane the Virgin, along with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, will also be renewed as well. One bit of news that made me very happy was that we will be seeing the return of Constantine. Even though we will not be seeing Matt Ryan on the small screen right away, we will be seeing Constantine courtesy of the CW Seed which is what they've done with Vixen. And we've also seen the Vixen character appear on Arrow. And the ancestor of that character is currently on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. But yes, Constantine will be back, but it will be a CW seed show. Um, Matt Ryan will voice Constantine once again. And the shows are roughly going to be about 10 minutes. Um, this opens up the possibility of Constantine making a return to the CW as well, depending on the... Um, success of the CW seed program. So if you are a fan of Constantine, much like yours truly do yourselves a favor, make sure to check it out on CW seed and make your appreciation heard so that we may see Constantine join the other DC shows on the CW. Now the next bit of news is very interesting as somebody who has an Amazon fire stick and is also an Amazon prime subscriber. I've been seeing that Amazon is becoming a very, very, a very viable solution 
for people that are interested in cutting the cord. Uh, what they're doing is they're actually releasing individual channels that you can subscribe to for five to ten dollars a month, including HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, uh, NBC, CISO. And they're actually starting to do their own channels as well. And one channel in particular got a lot of attention earlier today, and that is Amazon's first branded channel, which will focus on anime. It's going to be called Anime Strike, and it will be $5 a month. It is going to have brand new on-demand content, including established programming and Japanese TV shows. Options include The Great Passage and Scum's Wish, along with older animes such as Paprika and Tokyo Godfathers some of those which will be exclusive to the service in the U.S. In addition to that, there's going to be certain shows that are going to be part of the service that will air both on the Amazon platform and to Japanese audiences at the same time. So if you are an Amazon Prime user and you use a Fire Stick and are a fan of anime, you want to, you may want to check this out again. It's going to be called Anime Strike and will be available via Amazon's channel option. So definitely very, very cool. On the Star Wars side of things, it was announced that Woody Harrelson has joined the upcoming the upcoming Han Solo film, uh, Joel de- joining Alden Ehrenreich and, of course, Donald Glover and Amelia Clark. This is going to be the second spinoff film that will take place in the Star Wars universe. Of course, the critically acclaimed and extremely awesome Rogue One was the first, and now this new Han Solo film will be the second, and, of course, it will be set before A New Hope and follow the exploits of Han Solo and, of course, Lando Calrissian, played by Donald Glover. Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are very, very excited to have Woody Harrelson be part of the cast. And I I mean, you know, I was blown away by Rogue One. So I am hoping that the Han Solo film is equally awesome. In some other small screen news, if you are a fan of American Horror Story, you will be pleased to know that American Horror Story will be sticking around for both an eighth and ninth season. And, of course, will be returning to FX this year. Now, the last American Horror Story, which was American Sto- Horror Story Roanoke, was it was it was a fun show and it started off okay and then it just petered out and um you know, it it it, it kind of just had an uneventful ending and it's strange because American Horror Story has definitely pushed the envelope in terms of offerings when it comes to horror on broadcast television. Now, obviously The Walking Dead is leaps and bounds ahead of that. But American Horror Story definitely has its fair share of cringeworthy and crazy television moments. So uh, it's good to see that they are renewing that for two more seasons. Uh, There's also an interesting rumor that's been floating around about Peter Dinklage being involved in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nobody knows who he's playing, but all signs point to him being involved in the upcoming uh, Avengers Infinity War, which, again, looks incredibly promising uh, we'll see what happens with that. Also, Ben Affleck had to put to rest rumors that he was not going to be doing uh, the Batman film, that he was not going to be directing it. Uh, he put the kibosh on that recently on a late night talk show appearance and said that he will be doing the movie. Um, but he did express frustration because people didn't give a fuck about his last film. And all they keep asking him about is Batman. I understand the frustration, but I guess Ben Affleck doesn't get how passionate comic book fans are and how and how glued so many of us are to news regarding uh, any upcoming Marvel or DC films. As many of you know, you know, the Defenders, which is scheduled to be dropping this summer, will also have a tie in comic book from Marvel, which you can get the information for that on RageWorks.net. 
and images from the defenders has been floating around courtesy of Entertainment Weekly. We did score some of those images and we will be sharing them on RageWorks.net. And the fact of the matter is that Marvel has been, you know, they, they've been something I said earlier, playing the long game between the Netflix shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They've been doing a tremendous job. DC has, in, when it comes to their television presence, the CW stuff is tremendous. I mean, the Flash is is outstanding. And I think for, you know, for me at this point, when it comes to Marvel and DC stuff, we know that there's going to be tons of stuff on deck. It's just a matter of whether the the TV version or the Netflix version or even the big screen version in Marvel's case can all coexist happily in one established universe. I mean, that's the end game, but you never know. As for the DC stuff, obviously we know that DC's keeping those properties separate, but I think that the stuff on the CW has been stellar. Uh, Gotham has been interesting to say the least uh, this past season. And um, well, the first half of this season, the second half starts Monday. I think that um, when it comes to all these properties, it's going to be a matter of personal preference. I mean, the Marvel stuff has been, like I said, a home run after home run after home run. And aside from the defenders, we got the Punisher still on deck. Iron Fist, which comes out in March and the Punisher series also. So definitely a full plate for Netflix programming if you are a Marvel fan, not to mention all the films as well. On the DC side, they are doing the upcoming Powerless TV series, which is supposed to be a a comedy series that takes place in the DC universe. And plus, obviously, you have Gotham and all the CW shows, and we have Justice League on the horizon as well. So, Again, exciting times for comic films, and we're going to take a deep dive into that on the variant issue. Myself and Jimbo Slice will be talking about that uh, during next Wednesday's show. We will be discussing that at length, uh, the upcoming films, and we're also going to get into some some other stuff as well. So keep it locked uh, here on RageWorks.net for that particular podcast when it drops next Wednesday. Aside from that, I did want to add, and this is something that you know I've I've noticed. Uh, over the last couple of months, the, you know, the accessibility of programming now, you know, you used to just have to go and buy Blu-rays or go to the theaters. And, you know, over the last few months, a lot of chatter has, has increased about releasing films that are in theaters to the home audience for a streaming premium. And it's funny because I was reading a Reddit thread about that being a lot closer than many of us think. And I got to admit that I'm intrigued at the concept and I'm I'm going to pose this to you guys. If you if you had the potential, or let me let me rephrase that. If you had the the opportunity to see I don't know, I'll give you guys an example, Logan, uh the upcoming Wolverine film. If you had the opportunity to see that at home instead of seeing it in the theater, what would you guys pay to watch that at home and stream it in high quality HD? Would you pay the equivalent of what you pay going to the movies? Or would you be comfortable paying a little bit more? I'm curious. Uh, for those of you that are in the chat, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, for those of you that are listening, feel free to share your thoughts either in the um, in the comments or on social media. Um, Slick says, would not pay more than movie price. Okay. Danny says $2. <laughs> I'm serious. So, all right, you go to the movies, you pay 12 bucks to see a film. And 
usually between 12 to 15, 20 if you're watching it in IMAX or RPX. So using those numbers as as the baseline, what would what would you pay? And Danny's two bucks, that reminds me of a little kid. What? How much is that? Two bucks. Oh my God, that is so much money. That I, I appreciated that reference, Danny, because it just uh, took me back to being a kid. But in all honesty, you know, what would you pay? I'll be honest. I would probably pay uh, 15 to 20 bucks to stream a movie in, in HD. I definitely would. Um, I, you know, Val also said that I would pay 15 bucks to stream a movie in Super HD at home. Dark Helmet, I, I, I'm not going to read your comment, but I'm not going to say that I don't do that either. There are, you know, there are methods and weapons for that sort of thing, but I'm not going to divulge them on air. But yes, I do that as well. Um, Dark Helmet says I would pay $5. I would say $5 is potentially reasonable. And um, Danny adds $5 is the price for a rental. And I mean, if you go to rent a film from Redbox on Blu-ray, it's about $2.50 for a film. If you're getting it through your cable provider, I believe it's going to be five five bucks for a rental. I think that if it's a day and date, in other words, if the movie comes out that Friday and it's available to stream from whatever service it is, I would probably pay twenty bucks. I'd, I'd pay the twenty bucks to to be able to watch the movie in the comfort of my own home for twenty four hours. Because in all honesty, if you go to the movies and you go and you spend the 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 price for the ticket and popcorn and everything else, you're going to spend upwards of, if you're on your own, you're at least spending 30 bucks. And, um, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're going with a significant other, that's a $60 trip easy. So I would, I would probably pay 20 bucks. I definitely would. I'd probably pay 20 bucks at most. And I'll be honest, you know, you obviously you're, you're, you're having your own popcorn at home. You don't got to deal with anybody. You could pause the movie, go to the bathroom I would I would genuinely do it. I mean, you know, it was an interesting di- discussion on Reddit because people were saying that it would be the end of movie theaters as we know it. And I have to disagree because at the end of the day, all of these things, we we worried about everything when when Uber, you know, every, when Uber was was coming up, everybody's like, oh, it's the death of the cab industry. And what it forced the cab industry to do was evolve. When Airbnb started becoming a force, it forced hotels to start rethinking their strategies. I think that if that became an option, a viable option, I think that it would increase the competition for to get people out into theaters, and it would offer people other things. I mean, they've been doing it already with the reserved seating and the plush, comfortable chairs, and you know, obviously the RPX and the IMAX experiences. But um, at the end of the day, I think. Um, you know, I, I would I would definitely entertain paying something like that. Um, obviously, this is a story I'm going to be following very closely. And as more, you know, as more comes out, I will share it with you guys. The last bit that I wanted to share with you guys before I wrap up for this evening is something I said at the start of the show about possibly switching from, you know, my current Android uh, Samsung Galaxy S7 to possibly going to an iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, I mentioned this because, you know, I've been a longtime Android user for as far back as I can remember. Um, I was an Apple user at one time, but, you know, I've, I've been a Note owner from Note 1 all the way to the explosive Note 7, and I've made the, the adjustment by taking the Samsung Galaxy Edge 7. And even though the phone is fairly powerful, takes amazing photos, 
I just I just feel that the experience is a bit sluggish and it's not as good as I would like. In addition to that, I don't know if the Samsung Galaxy S8 is going to include any sort of pen, which I'm doubting. They're saying that there may be a pro version with a pen, but I just don't see it on the horizon. And I'm thinking, you know, the Apple the Apple camp has become substantially impressive over the last, you know, the last couple of months. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out because of, you know, Samsung's announcements on deck. Um, Danny says I should hold out till mobile world Congress. I, I agree. I am going to try and hold out, but I may, I may mess around with it for a little bit and, um, you know, take a, take a, a dive into iOS only because, you know, I like some of the stuff that they're doing with the phones now. And I think that in terms of, of power, um, you know, the, the, the seven plus definitely has a lot of similarities to what I was experiencing with the note seven minus the pen, of course. And I know that LG did the stylo, which, um, has a pen in it. And yes, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty mediocre phone and, uh, yes, Danny, I, uh, I definitely did not want to divulge that stuff, but yes, I know that there's some stuff on deck and I'm definitely going to take it for a spin. That's for sure. Um, Slick, I, I'm in the same camp as Slick. I miss my explosive Note 7. I, I really do. And um, we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, you know, keep it locked to Rageworks. Right now, I am reviewing the Leco, the Lee Eco SE Pro, uh, which is pretty badass. Um, you know, we had the pleasure of meeting Lee Eco, uh, myself and Jimbo Slice, uh, a couple of months back. And I've been taking their device for a spin, and I am... Thoroughly impressed, even though there's a lot of gripes about the user interface, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, in terms of low-light photography, it's, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, the Gorilla Glass, the included case are nice touches. Uh, the lack of a headphone jack is something I'll address in my review. But um, I am taking that phone for a spin. So if you are curious about the Lee Eco Pro phone, uh, be on the lookout for that on RageWorks.net. All right, guys, I think uh, that's a good way to close things out. With that said, I've given you guys my take on gaming and entertainment. As always, I would love to hear yours. Feel free to reach out via social media. Links for that will be in the show notes for this episode. If anything, I would like you guys to check us out on our Facebook group, uh, Rageworks on Facebook. Uh, We talk gaming, entertainment, MMA, wrestling, all the fun stuff there in a nice community setting. Uh, I run a pretty, a pretty relaxed atmosphere in there and i'm always looking forward to having new people come in and chop it up with us myself slick and the rest of the rageworks and mtr team as well as some of our friends and partners including our very own danny from royal flush magazine so if you are on facebook check us out on the facebook group and of course if you're a fan on our facebook fan page then you have seen the stream for this episode there and the numbers look pretty cool i definitely am kind of digging the whole Facebook live thing. So we'll see what happens. Um, as I said, at the start of the show, we are switching away, uh, from live episodes, uh, starting next week, and we will be releasing the shows in podcast format. Again, the MMA and wrestling episode will be available Wednesday and the gaming and entertainment episodes will be available Thursday. Of course, myself and slick, will get together to do some of the gaming stuff and, Everything else will run as it usually does, just without a live component. In any case, we will probably be doing a live episode for MTR 400. That's pretty much all but guaranteed. And um, that's it. Thank you guys for your continued support. I hope you guys enjoy the um, podcast versions of MTR going 
forward. Thank you guys once again. I will see you guys next week for the podcast editions of my take radio. Peace, guys. I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> 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 <laughs>